podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Wizards Podcast. It's your host, the real Ed Oliver. It's your host. And I am coming on with special guest, Dialante Daniels. How you feeling today? Feeling good. You know, guys, my Locked On Wizards family, I told you I wouldn't be gone forever. You know, I stopped by here and there to see you guys talk some Wizards with my guy, Ed. You know, I got to stop by. You know, I love it. I love the Locked On family. Yes, sir. D, he's not pulling a Tom Brady. He's not coming back. But before we do get started, I want to just thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. So, um, unfortunately, you're not pulling a Tom Brady. But, you know, we're going to get into some of these Wizards topics. So, um, talk of the town right now on social media and per Jake Fisher and per Sham Sharani of The Athletic. Um, Malcolm Brogdon. Um, the Wizards have been in, or interested in trading for Malcolm Brogdon. The 10th pick could be involved. What are your thoughts on that? Is that a move you think the Wizards should make? Or, you know, should they involve the 10th pick in a trade for Malcolm Brogdon? I'm, I'm, I'm a no-go on Malcolm Brogdon. I don't want him. You know, I understand. He's not a bad player. I'm not saying I don't want him because I think he sucks. I think he's a good player. I think he's a good point guard. When you look at just the injury history, you know, going along with the age as well, I mean, already got one player on the Wizards that I have to worry about as far as injuries with Porzingis and seeing if he plays over 50 games. I don't need to bring in Malcolm Brogdon and have to worry about him potentially missing a bunch of games as well. Just, I, I just don't like the fit. I just don't like the fit when you look at those, the injury aspect that scares me. We just, uh, we just, had another guy who came off an injury with Dinwiddie. And the, these guys with injury history, I'm, I'm good off of them for right now. And the 10th pick is just, I don't know, a combination of the 10th pick and something else. Not for Malcolm Brogdon. No. I would rather either trade up for Ivy, SGA, if that's possible, or DeJounte Murray, if that's possible. Shoot. Maybe even Monte Morris out of Denver. But Malcolm Brogdon, no. I, I, I'm good off of him. No. Does it feel like when the Wizards traded the fifth pick for Randy Foy and Mike Miller? I mean, I, I think it would be similar to a mistake like that. You know, it's maybe Malcolm Brogdon would actually stay healthy, you know, and can contribute, you know. But I'm not willing to take that risk. I'm not willing to hope with two different guys in Porzingis and Malcolm Brogdon and have to hope that both of these guys stay healthy for the majority of the season. Because if you get the worst-case scenario and Brogdon gets hurt again and is out for a little bit, Porzingis gets hurt again and is out for a little bit, then you trade the 10th pick for Brogdon and he's hurt. I mean, we already know as us Wizards fans how we're going to react. We're going to be like, oh, that's so Wizards, blah, blah, blah. So I wouldn't even take that risk, man. I feel like there's just – I'd rather stay at 10. I'd rather stay at 10. Right, yeah. Those are some valid points. I mean, Brogdon – he is 30 years old, 6'5", 229 pounds. Yeah, he's, he's 29. He's going to be 30 soon. Um, he is a solid defender. Um, 19 points a game last year. Uh, had 5.9 assists, 6 assists, and 5 boards a game. So 
and he was a 50 40 90 guy in, in his career he was rookie of the year one time went to uva so local ties you look at some of the games he played 36 games this past year 56 games in 2021 54 games in 2020 in 2020 so yeah like you said he hasn't played in a lot of games that's the concern there and you know what are you going to give up are you going to give up kcp ish um in the 10th pick for brogdon now i do like brogdon i think he's a good player i just don't know if he moves the needle like if, if we get him and we have brad and porzingis and um say ku stays or you know we, we still got denny that's at best is probably a playing team compared to some of the Eastern Conference teams now. But Brogdon, I think his fit would be better than what we had last year with Spencer Dinwiddie. He is a combo guard. I think he's a better playmaker, more of a natural mm-hmm. point guard than Spencer Dinwiddie, but I just don't see it moving the needle. But when you do look at pick 10, you know, you could get Johnny Davis. So it's like you're trading Johnny Davis, KZP-ish for Brogdon. I like Johnny Davis. So Personally, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade pick 10 at all. But if there's another way you could acquire Malcolm Brogdon without giving a pick 10, I think it's something to look at. He's getting paid $22 million a year or two. So you got to match salaries too. So it, it's tricky. It's really tricky. Um, but yeah, other point guards, Colin Sexton has been mentioned too. Jake Fisher said the Wizards are also been a name mentioned him in the Pistons, us in the Pistons. How do you feel about Colin Sexton? Uh Colin Sexton, once again. Um, I'm just good off of guys that's coming off of injuries, coming off of any kind of tears, you know, Colin Sexton. I like him. I like his game. I, you know, he's a guy who I think plays hard, has that dog in him, but I mean, he's coming off that injury and Spencer Dinwiddie, once again, I bring his name up because he just scared me away (laughs) from bringing up any guys who got tears in any kind of part of their knees or whatever. I just, you know, and also I look at the fit with Brad. I don't know if I like the fit that much with Brad. I look at him more as a combo guard. You know, I I think Brogdon would be a better fit next to Brad than Colin Sexton would be. But you add the injury that Colin's coming off of. I mean, I'm not I'm not too pressed or hyped to get Colin Sexton either personally. Right, yeah, Colin Sexton, he's more of a scoring first guard. He's more of a combo guard. He's six foot one. Um, he is a bull, though. I mean, he puts up points, average 24.6 points a game. Um, once again, what do you have to give up to give him? Because that's going to have to be a sign and trade, too. I mean, and you know his teammates complain about him not passing the ball in the past. He has changed since then. But the fit with the Brad, I mean, the fit with Brad um, is, you know, it's, it's kind of wonky, too. Like you said earlier, with Spencer Dinwiddie, so. It's tough. I mean, the point guard is it's going to be tough finding a point guard. I mean, they they've been linked to Shane Larkin. I know he's not the answer. He's going to be the backup point guard and then Saddle leaving. So it's like they don't have any point guard on the roster right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Sadoransky. The Sadoransky news kind of hurt me. You know, I really he was a guy I really would have wouldn't have mind coming back. You know, I remember um, when we first signed him. You know, you weren't the highest on him, but as he started <laughs> to play, you know. You know, having those games where he may only score zero points, but have like seven assists and seven rebounds and whatnot, doing the little things, have making the ball not stick. Just, I, I really enjoyed Sadoransky's time here, but I'm sad to see him go. You know, but I get he got to do what he got to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't the biggest on it either. But yeah, he he did what they were looking for, being a pass first point guard, mm-hmm. and that's the best fit next to Bradley Bill. So it's going to be tough to find a point guard. But speaking of other point guards. Jaden Ivey, who's not considered a point guard, he's more of a combo guard or a lead guard. Do want to talk to you about that. But before we do get to that, 
This episode is brought to you by the NBA Draft Night. One live NBA Draft show is not enough for Locked On. Every show is going live on Draft Night, so join me fit, Join me for 15 minutes after our pick at Locked On Wizards on YouTube for the immediate reaction from your local experts. Subscribe now to Locked On Wizards so you know when I go live. This episode is also brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so Jaden Ivey. Um, Jaden Ivey, he, you already know he was my, he's, he was my number one. He's my number one guy mm-hmm. on, on the draft big board. Uh, I mean, I like Chet. I like Paolo. I like, um, Jabari. I like those guys, but I just think his game translates to the NBA, the way he can get downhill, the athleticism, the electric, the way he can change pace, the dunks, the playmaking ability, the finishing, getting to the rim, free throws, everything like that. Um, how likely do you think the Wizards trade back? If you had to put a percentage on it, how likely do you think that will happen? And what do you see the Wizards would have to give up to bring in a J9? Uh, I wish it was like a 60% chance. But honestly, I go with like 25 to 30% chance. Um, not the lowest, but also not the highest. Uh, it, it is a lot. I think they will have to give up a lot. I don't know if it's like a multiple first round pick thing, but you know, obviously 10, I think Kuzma will have to go. I think Denny or Rui, maybe even both would have to go, you know, maybe it's just a 10th pick Kuz, Rui and Denny situation, but they will have to give up a lot. They will have to give up a lot. And then you look at it, that kind of hurts your bench death, but I've said it on the podcast before, you know, I'm willing for the Wizards to take risks. You know, I'm tired of them just going status quo and being middle of the pack. I'm here to take risks. And so I'll be willing to give up, you know, a steep price for Jaden Ivey because I'm really high on Jaden Ivey as well. You know, I think he will breathe a breath of fresh air into the Wizards fan base. He's electric, an electric player. I love his play style. And also I I look at it as a nice backup plan as well. For instance, if Bradley Bill resigns, and then a couple years down the line, he's like, hey, I'm, you know, I don't want to be here anymore. It's really not working out. Maybe I want to go somewhere else. You know, he decides in the middle of his contract he wants to be traded. You already have your cornerstone guy, assuming that Jaden looks like the guy we think he can be. You already have your cornerstone guy that you can kind of build around, you know. So in multiple ways, I, I would give up a lot for Jaden Ivey. You know, I'm high on him. Yeah, I love what you said there with the Bradley Bill contingency plan. Like, you know, he said he wants to win. He said in the Taylor Rooks interview and, you know, she asked him, you know, do you want the are you looking at the money or are you looking to win? And he was like, if you take a Twitter poll, 99 percent of people are going to take the money. And he said he wants to go to, to a team where he can win. But can he actually do that on the Wizards? And let's say he does. You know, of course, he's going to he's leaning towards to he's made up his mind now. I think all of us, you know, in the Wizards community know what the decision is going to be that he's coming back to D.C. But let's say it doesn't work out with Porzingis or whatever point guard we have next year. He does request a trade after we go, let's say 40 and 42 and barely make the plan or something like that. Um, of course, at least you would have Jaden Ivy 
a blue chip player. You need blue chip talent. You would have somebody to rebuild around instead of Brad requesting a trade, and then you just got to trade him for picks. At least you have you would have somebody who, there who's solid where you can really build around an elite talent there. And yes, Jaden Ivey would bring some pop and electricity to the city. Just the athleticism, the one man fast break, um, playing above the rim, getting to the rim. He's somebody that the Wizards definitely could use, and I think he's a guy that would have multiple multiple All Stars before um his career is all said and done and like you said as, as far as trading the kings they wanted coups percentage wise i think it's about a 10 percent chance to be mm-hmm. honest i think it's very very low i think it's very low because the kings they they're, they they're rumored to saying that they want a lot and also honestly i think they love keegan murray to the point where they may stay at four and just pick Keegan because they took him out to dinner. And then you look at, you listen to what Jay Nivey has been saying, like they haven't mm-hmm. even talked or anything like that. So I think the Kings, they, they really fell in love with Keegan Murray. Yeah. I mean, that's very possible as well. Uh, Cause I was w- looking at Jay Nivey's comments the other day. And he said he only worked out like the Pistons and one other team. I forgot the name, but it wasn't mm-hmm. the Kings. He said he hasn't talked to the Kings. So, I mean, that's a possibility, them staying and just getting Keegan Murray. But it's not looking like Jaden Ivey's going to the Kings, you know, looking at the quotes that he said. But mm-hmm. I think I, I'm, I, I agree with your percentage as well. Uh, 10%. <laughs> I think that's realistic as well. You know, the Wizards, you know, they may be interested, but I'm interested mm-hmm. in a lot of things as well. That doesn't sure. mean it's going to happen. So realistically, I honestly can see them just maybe staying at 10. But I think if I had to, you know, weigh the two on which I think would happen first or what's more realistic to happen, Mm -hmm. I think they would maybe trade 10 for a veteran point guard rather than moving all the way up to four and doing all this to get Jaden Ivey. I think they would trade it for a vet point guard. I think that's, if I had to pick the more realistic option out of the two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I just think that Kings are going to play hardball. The Pistons are right behind them, and then the Pacers mm-hmm. are at six. And the Pistons love Jaden Ivey from what I've heard. So if they do take Keegan Murray, then the Pistons are immediately going to take him. And the assets we would have to give up, which I'm fine with, like you said earlier, if we have to trade Kuz, and I love Kuz. Kuz was the best player on the team last year. Like by un, Other than Porzingis in that last part of the year, Brad had some good games, but it was a, it was just a rough year for Brad last year. He said it himself. Um, Kuzma was the, he was he was the best player last year, so I would hate to see him go. But the contract extensions coming up next year, the player the player option he has, um, and the Kings like him. So if it's Kuz pick ten, and then one of the young guys, one of the young three guys, I think that's a favorable trade. But like you said, Tommy Shepard said it would hurt our depth. But honestly, we don't have you know the guys we have are good players, but they're not they don't have all star potential. Like I like Rui, I like Denny, I like Kisper, but. As far as all-star potential, I just haven't seen it yet from those guys, but I do see it in a Jaden Ivey. So if you heard the bench depth, it's kind of like with that depth, we weren't really going places mm-hmm. to begin with. So it's kind of like, you know, why not take a swing and do something different for once? And Because you're – like you said, I've been watching YouTube videos, and you said, you know, we don't get free agents. We just don't. Brad said it as well. So we're going to – and we don't trade for other big stars. We got Porzingis, but you had to give up Dinwiddie and Berton. So that's not much. And it showed you the value of Porzingis because of the injury. So it would be the best swing for the Wizards there. if That would be best case scenario if they could get a Jaden Ivey. Yeah. And it's it's more, you know, comforting to me with the Wizards drafting at four rather than mm. at ten because 
And this is my thing with the Wizards and bringing up the point that they don't bring in free agents, high-tier free agents. If you don't bring in high-tier free agents, you have to draft well. You know, a lot of the teams that are consistently good, like the Warriors, Celtics, the Heat, they draft well. You know, they draft well outside of the top five. You know, they get guys at 15th pick, the 10th pick, that are like star-type players, are really good type players. You know, Steph Curry wasn't a top five pick. Klay Thompson wasn't a top five pick. You know, Tyler Hero wasn't a top five pick. Uh, Denver as well, you know, Nikola Jovic. I mean, Jokic, he wasn't a, a top five pick. You know, but the Wizards, they do a good job. They've done a good job with, like, Rui and Diddy and Corey at drafting serviceable, you know, picks in the ninth spot and the 15th spot. But these aren't guys who are, like, at the Tyler Hero level, you know, of player, et cetera. You know, the Tyrese um, Halliburton level of player. Guys are are looked at as like some of the top young guys in the NBA right now, you know, and I think that's something the Wizards struggle with, you know, but if they could move up, like I said, I will move up. Yeah, and it's hard to find blue chip guys that pick 10 every year, pick 9, pick 15. It's that same middle-of-the-pack purgatory pick every single season and making a swing for Jay. If it's possible, like I I just feel like it's a 10% chance, but – um, I do want to get to some Tommy Shepard quotes uh, from his presser yesterday. Um, uh, it's just some some of the quotes do concern me a little bit. Some of them are just fine, you know, GM type salesman speak type of stuff. But um, before we do get into that, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Um, you got to try a mud pie. I got a mud pie um, the other day in the mail. I got it in the fridge. It's really really good. You got to try it as soon as possible, and you need to hurry. Because the Mud Pie Bar and Mud Pie Puff are only available for a limited time. Visit Built.com to taste the deliciousness for yourself. Mud Pie Bars and Puffs are available at Built.com right now, but they're going fast because they are delicious. Like all Built Bars, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they are healthy and tasty. What's great about Built is that all their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs and more, more efficiently and provides tons, tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You're going to love the new Mud Pie Built Bar and Built Puff. Chocolate mousse, whipped cream, cookies and cream crumble. Stop drooling. Get to Built.com to order your box of Mud Pie Bars and Puffs now. You won't regret it. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, so the first quote I want to go over, of course, you know, Tommy Shepard said um, that the Wizards need more dogs, but... Uh, we'll get to that one later. Um, one quote that stood out to me, let me pull it up here. He said, um, Tommy Shepard on what five guys Washington has on their board with the number 10 overall pick have in common or, or on what the five guys Washington has on their board with the number 10 pick overall have in common. What do those guys have in common? He says they'll be there. Um, what were your thoughts on that quote? Um, that's a worrisome quote, you mm-hmm. know to me and a lot of other people, because when you think of that, you're like, well, is he about to reach for somebody? Why is everybody going to be there? You want to hear maybe that, you know, he has some guys on the board, you know, maybe they'll be there. Maybe they'll be gone. You know, just confidently saying, yeah, they're going to be there. They're all going to be there. It's like, so who you looking at there, Tommy, what do you know? You know, uh, I hope it's not a reach for somebody who will Mm -hmm. probably be there at like 15 or something. So it's worrisome, you know, but, it also could just be GM talk. You know, he don't want to play, you know, show his cards, you know, before mm-hmm. the draft. So 
Yeah, I, I look at it that way as well, you know. So hopefully he's not uh he's about to reach for somebody's situation and it's more of he's just not showing his cards right now. Right, yeah. And yeah, I don't I don't want to nitpick what he says too much because you know it's a lot of smoke screens that GM say, mm-hmm. but to say that they'll be there, I think he could have just said they're they're all gonna be good players, they're all gonna be good players that we researched and done a lot of hard work on. He could have said that, so it does scare me. Maybe he would have took a Nikola Jovic, who's supposed to be there at 25 or the later end of the draft. Or, you know, Usman Jang, who's nothing wrong with him. I know a lot of people have him projected around, you know, 12, 13, some at 11. Mm -hmm. But it does concern me that he may reach and take a guy who's not really ready. That's a project. Um, That does scare me. You know, I think, you know, he could have just said something like that. Um, I would, and I I do want to ask you, what's, what would you say is the best case scenario for the Wizards on draft night? And what's the worst case scenario for the Wizards on draft night? Best case scenario, they trade up for Jaden Ivey. That's mm-hmm. the best case. You know, a good case that I would really be happy with is if they get Benedict Matherin, who I'm pretty right. 100% sure that's going to be gone by 10. He's going to be gone. Um, or Dyson Daniels, who I think is going to be gone too. Mm-hmm. But worst case scenario, they trade 10 for a Mike Conley, a package or something that involves 10, and they bring in Mike Conley. Or they bring in a Malcolm Brogdon. I think that's worst case scenario. That would make me upset. I wouldn't be the biggest fan of that. And like right beneath that would be like maybe if they draft Jeremy Sohan, who is good defensively and would help. But you know, eh, I'm not Jeremy Sohan. Yeah, mm-hmm. no. yeah I mean Mike Conley, he's a he's another good player too. He's 34 and he played defense like a cone in that series where Jalen Brunson was like putting up 40 on him. Um he can't really move and defend like that. Um, Mike Conley, once again, you know, does kind of feel like, you know, kind of like an Ernie Grunfeld S type move where you trade your pick for a, a solid player, but not a great player who's, who's you know, aging a little bit. Um, yeah, best case is Jaden, like you said, Benedict Mathurin. If somehow, how, if he can fall to pick 10, which I, I don't see that being likely, but if somehow he did fall to pick 10, that would be best case scenario. Worst for me is reaching i don't mind trading back i know a lot of people mm-hmm. say that's a worst case scenario i don't mind it depends on how far you like if you trade with the hornets to pick 13 or 15 like jalen duran mm-hmm. is there and they really want jalen and they're like okay yeah we're just gonna pick we're gonna trade up to pick 10 um and then it, it's like the knicks may want jalen duran at pick 11 that would be a good case scenario trading back to maybe 13 and 15 I think the mm-hmm. Hornets had picked 13, 15. So you might be able to get Malachi Branham and Atari Eason. Or mm-hmm. um, if you really like Jaden Hardy, you could get Jaden Hardy at pick 15. And um, another, like like I said, Malachi Branham at, at pick 13. I think it's a good scenario. But yeah, reaching for me, like a Nikolajovic. And I'm not saying Nikolajovic is not a good player, but you know he needs to work on finishing at the rim. And I just feel like that would be a reach. Or Ujman Jang, somebody like that. Jeremy Sohan, he's a solid player, but yeah, when you're shooting 29% from the three-point line, 58% from the free throw line, and we're one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, you're kind of going against, you know, where the Wizards need to improve it. But he's a really good defender, too. So it's like you see where Jeremy Sohan could be a good player because he's a versatile defender. He's long, athletic, you know, he can guard one through five. So I could see the thinking behind that. But I think, yeah, worst case scenario is probably reaching on somebody that probably would be there at 21. And 
You could just trade back. Right. Take yeah. Them at 10. Yeah. If they, I, that's what would be irritating about it. Yeah. If they take Ty Ty at pick 10, I know a I, lot of I people. I think that's a reach that. too, personally. Yeah. That probably is a reach, but I like Ty Ty. I do. Mm-hmm. I think he might be another Tyrese Maxi where teams do pass up on, on him and he's out there just bowling, putting up like 15, 16, 20 points a game. Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, Kentucky guards got – I mean, they do mm-hmm. usually come out and play well in the NBA. You know, he has that going for him as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely think Ty Ty is a good player. I do think he's a good player. Um, you know, and I know games where – big games where he struggled, you know, most recently being the St. Peter's game where he didn't have the best game and ended up losing. You know, a lot of people cooled off on him. Um, but I definitely think he's a good player. You know, he has a good feel for the game. He's one of those guys that I think come in and can definitely be – a serviceable point guard in the league. You know, I don't know if he'll be one of the young stars, you know, one of the top young stars that's uprising, but I definitely think he could be a starter in the NBA at the NBA level. You know, I definitely think he's a good high IQ player. I know his mid range shot as well is good, you know, off the catch and shoot. He's pretty good. So I, I wouldn't mind Tata either at 10. I don't know. Maybe if they trade back a little and then maybe pick him up as somebody else. Because mm-hmm. I think he'll be there, like maybe around 12, 13. I think he'll be there still. But we'll see. Right, yeah. Yeah, I, I know it's a reach. Maybe you could trade back and get Ty Ty or Kennedy Chandler, one of, those, one of those young point guards. All right, so another quote is, I know Bradley Bill is the kind of guy you build your franchise around. What did you think about that? Uh, Bradley Bill, the man, you know, you know, those qualities, you know, he's a leader of, you know, young man, you see the clips of him with his team, you know, his AAU team and all that. And, mm-hmm. you know, what he does in the D.C. community. So, you know, he's a family guy as well, takes care of his family, stays out of trouble. You know, the qualities of a guy like Brad, you definitely would like to build uh, a franchise around. A player, as a player, a player, no. You know, I don't, Brad, I don't think Brad is the number one guy you build your team around. I don't think he's the number one guy on a championship squad. I think he's a two. Depending on the talent, could be a three. You know, um, the player, I don't think you he's the type of guy you build your, your team around, you know. But the qualities of the person, you would love to build, have that, your guy you're building around have those type of qualities, you know. So you don't got to worry really worry about him. But as a player, no. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, he just built a court in Northeast D.C. where, you know, the first shot he shot at the court was an air ball, unfortunately. But you know, the things that he does in the community are great things. Um, yeah, he's a guy that put up 30 points in back-to-back seasons. He's an all-NBA player, three-time all-star, all that. You know, he's he's a great player. But, you know, it's hard to be a number one option. It's hard to do it. And when you look around the Eastern Conference, you're building around Bradley Bill. And you look at the Celtics who are just, you know, I think they're marginally better than the Wizards. The Heat are marginally better than the Wizards. The Bucks with Giannis are marginally better than the Wizards. So those are the teams you're looking up at. And the, I didn't even say the Sixers with Joel mm-hmm. Embiid. You know, that, that team, they're better than the Wizards right now. So there's just a lot of teams. And that doesn't mean that you don't stop trying to compete. But building around Bradley Bill and paying him, you know, 35% of the salary cap, it's hard to build around him. So you're going to pay him that money and then expect to build a roster. And you keep getting the 10th or 9th pick of the draft. And then you're going to have to sign guys on minimum deals to come in. You're not going to have a lot of. We're going to pay people. You're going to pay. You're going to have to pay Porzingis thirty mil. It's tough to build around somebody like that. It's really hard to do it unless Bradley Bill, you know, upticks and improves his game somehow to dominate games and finish in the clutch. 
But yeah, I just don't see him as a guy right. I think as a second, I think he, he would be the perfect second option. He would be an awesome second option. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like a Kyrie to LeBron or Chris Middleton to Giannis type guy. Um, you know, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown playing together mm-hmm. type of type of duo. So, or you know, that that would be the best case scenario for him. And you know, of course, a lot of teams are looking for Brad. So um, I just don't, I see him as a number two option. I think, yeah, and that's, that's good being a number two. That's, that's a really good thing, but he's just not a number one on, um, on a, on a, on a, on a championship team. He's just not a number one. All right. And then last quote is, uh, we have, we have no problem playing Bradley Bill at point guard. Uh, I don't think he, they have a problem playing Brad at point guard in spurts. You know, I mm-hmm. think he said that, but I think he means mainly like they don't have an issue playing them him there if they have to. Obviously, they don't want him there full time, which is why they're trying hard to get a veteran point guard in the first place. Um, I don't think they mind playing him there in spurts, you know, like they did last season, but they don't really want him mainly being there. They don't really want him in that point guard role. And I, I agree with that. I don't think he should be there in that main role either or mainly focusing on facilitating like his assist numbers was up last season he had games with like seven eight assists blah 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 but his shooting struggled and I think it's because he was focused on doing so many different things offensively like facilitating you know getting guys open trying to get guys open and give them the ball and it took a lot off of just what he does best getting buckets when Russell Rushbrook was here and Russ was the one getting all the 10 13 14 this is game Brad was dropping 52 45 30, etc., consistently because he was just score. You go, you Brad, you go score. The point guard will handle getting everybody open, the assist, facilitating. You just focus on getting buckets. So, I to answer the question, I think they are okay with it, but just in spurts, that's not what they really want him to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He was great. He was he was really good next to Russ. That was his best statistical season. Was an All NBA player. And then, of course, when he played with John Wall, he had his best shooting seasons. Everybody was comparing him to Ray Allen coming off screens. Mm. That's when he was, you know, shooting his best. And then his three-point percentage went down when John got hurt. He had his higher usage rate. He was playing next to, you know, Isaiah Thomas and some of the point guards that we tried to fill in with him. Uh, but, yeah, he's just best with a pass-first point guard that's looking to set him up. Now, he did play pretty well at point guard. He had a couple ten assist games in here and there, and we had to do that because it just didn't work out with Spencer Dinwiddie at all. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, on the other side too, he's capable of doing it and it's kind of like, yeah, if you are going to pay him the big bucks, then you might as well run the offense through him somehow. Um, but yeah, I, ideally, yeah, you would have him as that two guard pass first point guard to come in to set him up and get him in the spots, take some of the pressure off him. So he doesn't have to bring the ball up every time, you know, and, and get him in his open spot. So, um, lastly, what percentage do you have on the Wizards obtaining SGA? Because I know that report was put out there and DeJounte Murray. If they did somehow attain him, how do you think that would actually move the needle for the Wizards to be competitive in the Eastern Conference? Um, I give it a 1% chance of happening. I just think that's <laughs> just the most unrealistic out of all the options. Um, If I had to order the three um, of who I would want as far as guards, SGA, DeJounte Murray, Jaden Ivey, because – if they're going to trade a lot of assets, I, I think it would be even better to get guys that you know for a fact can hoop in this league. You know, you've seen it. You've seen SGA tear up the Wizards before. You know, you've seen DeJounte drop triple doubles. 
Jaden Ivey, we all expect him to be really good, but the bust factor is there naturally. Not saying that he'll be a bust, but it is there naturally because he hasn't played in the game, in the league yet. But we know what SGA can do. We know what DeJounte Murray can do. So before Jaden Ivey, I would be even more willing to give up those assets for proven guys that I know can play in this league. SGA will be my number one. I, I love them coming out um, of college. I mean, I, he, he's a hooper. That do, that that guy can hoop. I mean, you, you look at the age fit. I definitely think a guy like SGA can move the needle for the Wizards. You know, I think I like his fit next to Brad. I think DeJounte Murray can help move the needle for the Wizards as well. You know, he's a triple-double guy. Uh, he's fast, athletic, one of those point guards that we as Wizards fans have become accustomed to seeing. You know, going from John to going to Russ, a guy who can get down the court, blazing fast, get guys involved, get on the boards as well. I, I will love either one of those guys, but I would say SGA will be my number one. Um, but I I think it's really unrealistic. That's why I say 1% chance because I just <laughs> – I don't think the Wizards will, can match other teams' you know, offers. Right, yeah. Yeah, I think what happened was they checked in. They probably called call Sam Presti, or I don't know who the, the Spurs GM is. They probably, Tommy Shepard probably called him. They picked up the, um, Sam Presti picked up the phone and said, Thank you for checking in. SGA is really good at basketball. Thank you for checking in. Click. And that's probably how it went. I don't, yeah, I don't see why they would trade SGA. I don't see why they would try to trade DeJounte unless um, they just demanded a trade. And I'll quickly ask you about Kyrie, too. I don't think that's realistic either. But yeah, DeJounte, you know, he's an all-star. He made his all-star game. SGA, I think they actually would move the needle to make us competitive. I think those are clearly the better options than, you know, what we have like Brogdon and Conley and guys like that. Um, but yeah, so Kyrie is disgruntled. Just want to get your quick thoughts on that. I don't think it's realistic either, but just quick thoughts. I mean, as far as like, I don't know, maybe if KD say he'll tag along, I mean, <laughs> sure, but... I mean, the Wizards just – do they need the mess that is Kyrie? They couldn't even deal with Montrez Harrell, you know, and all, mm. everything going on with that. Can they really deal with, you know, what Kyrie <laughs> brings along to the table? You know, you know about the issues and in, in, in Boston, then now in Brooklyn and the headache he's caused thing. And it's like it gets to a point where, you know, Brooklyn didn't even win. They weren't winning. They were around the AFC the whole year, season, and the playing the whole season, then they got swept. So it was like, is the talent even worth the headache if you're not really winning? I mean, maybe if Ted is like desperate for that attention that bad, you know, and it's like, I just want ESPN games on ESPN multiple times a year and whatnot, then sure, you want to be in the public eye and be talked about on the talk shows, then sure. I mean, the talent is undeniable with Kyrie, but can the Wizards deal with that as a franchise? Because they've struggled to deal with guys of lesser popularity before in the locker room. So can they really bring in a Kyrie Irving and expect to deal with him? You know, so, hey, I, I'm not sure, you know. When you look at all the other aspects outside of the mm -hmm. talent. Right. Yeah, the talent is off the charts. I mean, he can put up 55 easy in a game or put up 30, 40 points. The defense would be rough between him and Brad. Um, but Kyrie's electric. I mean, he can score whenever he feels like he's a three-level scorer. Uncle Drew – Mixtape, he would get some fans in, in, in the seats for sure. Mm, definitely. Um, but, yeah, the baggage of, you know, is he going to come to work today? Is he going to be out? Like, where is he at? Like, there's there were times where the Nets didn't even know where he was or where, whatever. You know, and he was willing to miss games, you know, whatever you believe in the vaccine or whatever. I'm not going to get into that stuff. 
Um, but yeah, even the team was fed up. They were like, no, we're not going to just let you play on road games. And that's it. They decided to do that at first. Then the whole thing with the Celtics with Tatum and Brown, it looks like they got better without them. They weren't winning when they had them. They lost in the second round when he got hurt. They made it to the Eastern Conference finals against LeBron. And then now, you know, two years later, they're in the finals. So they've gotten better without them. So um, that is concerning. There are some red flags there. The talent is undeniable for sure. Um, Kyrie and Brad, that, that would be on offense. That would be a nasty duo. That would be a nasty duo for sure. Um, but, yeah, so lastly, we'll end on this. What is your bold prediction for the draft on Thursday night? And then what is your – if you had to put money down, what do you think is going to happen for the Wizards on draft night? Do they stay at 10? Do they trade it? Who do they end up with? Hmm. Putting money down, bold prediction, and it ain't bold. I think they stay at 10. Um Tommy said before that he had a bunch of guys that he liked at the 10 spot. I forgot how many guys he said um, he had liked that with the 10th pick. Then he says that everybody at the 10th pick is going to be there. I don't know if they'll want to – I think they'll end up saying that, you know, the price was too steep to move up to four. Not saying it can't happen. I think uh, ultimately that's maybe what they say, like the price was too steep, you know, and they didn't want to give up all that depth. I don't see them trading back. I think I just see them staying put. Like that just seems like the Wizards thing to do. Knowing the Wizards and being a Wizards fan, that just seems like the Wizards thing to do. You know, to stay put, you know, draft somebody that they've had on their board that they feel like is going to be there and move accordingly from that. But you know, secondly, I mean, I'll say maybe they'll they'll trade for, you know, a vet. You know, matter of fact. That'll be my bold prediction, that they trade the pick for a veteran point guard, whether it's Malcolm Brogdon or whoever. That's the bold pick. If I had to put money on it, I think they stay put. Okay, who's the player at 10? I think the player at 10, I think it's Johnny Davis. I think Benedict's going to be gone. I think Dyson Daniels is going to be gone. I think Shaden Sharp is going to be gone. If he was there, I, I maybe would say Shaden Sharp, but I think Shaden Sharp's going to be gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm thinking J- Johnny Davis. That's what I'm thinking. I think that's most realistic. I'm thinking Johnny Davis too. I think a wild card is Ochai Ogbaje. I think he fits yeah. what they like, and they they've gotten you know older guys. Rui was an older guy. Corey was a senior. Um, and he can shoot the three. He can play defense. He's got bounce, super athletic. So I think he – and he's a character guy, what Tommy Shepard loves. And he he definitely – I think he fits that dog category in quotation marks. But I, I think I think, I think think Ochai definitely is a dog. Johnny's a dog too. He plays he plays at 100%, 10% energy at all times. And, you know, he can defend too. So, But, yeah, I think you're right with Johnny. I got a small feeling with Ochai. But I think right now I'm going with you. I'm going with I'm going with Johnny Davis. My bold prediction probably would be Malcolm Brogdon on draft night. It would be like, you know, the Bogdanovich type trade esque, or I don't think it's as bad as Randy Foy and Mike Miller type of trade. But I, I think they're desperate for a point guard. They want to make it work with Brad. I think that's the desperate move that they make trying to find a and like you said, Monte Morris would be just because of the connection with the Nuggets and, and West Unsell Jr. That's something I could see them doing. But you don't you definitely wouldn't trade pick 10 for Monte right. Morris. It'd probably mm-hmm. be like one of the young three guys for Monte or KCP for Monte or something like that. Yeah. Like I, I wouldn't mind getting a Monte Morris if it came down to it. I wouldn't mind them at all. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean, 
it's a lot of news that's been happening surrounding the Wizards. It's a lot of rumors, etc. Yeah. I mean, I think ultimately, I mean, a lot of it is just could just be talk and just guys checking in on things, and ultimately not a lot happening. But I'm excited. I am excited about the draft and, and the potential of the moving. I hope they do something exciting just to get some of the fan base talking, you know, a little bit. So I, I'm all for if the Wizards want to take a risk and do something, I'm all for that. If they end up with Malcolm Brogdon, I'll probably be a little upset. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of a lot of the fan base would be upset with that. But I just want to thank you guys for making a lot of Wizards your first listen every day. The first picks of the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft have been made. Search now for Ultimate NBA Mock Draft and get over 50 insiders, the Odyssey sports experts, the draft experts of Locked On NBA Big Board. The five-episode Ultimate NBA Mock Draft is underway. Make Ultimate NBA Mock Draft your second listen today. And, D, is there anything to plug or where people can find you on social media? Uh, Just Twitter, if you want to follow me on that, at DTalksalot. If you want to follow me on YouTube, at DTalksalot. Do live streams, upload the Wizards videos, Wizards content, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so follow me on that, at <laughs> DTalksalot, guys. Yes, yeah, Sarah, I just want to thank you for coming on. Make sure you guys subscribe and hit the notification bell on YouTube. Hail to the Wizards. Peace.